your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. seen tonight well we seem to have launched on another impromptu theme month although you know probably won't last for the whole month because we were we were, we had so much fun last time talking about baby blues and how badly it compared to something that was on at about the same time mission hill so now we just decided hey let's look at mission hill that's close enough i mean it's not based on a comic but it really feels like it should be if you know what I mean. That, that's the interesting thing about Mission Hill is that it's not based on a comic. It's kind of based on a cartoonist without actually using any of the work of that cartoonist. <laughs> um, and uh, which cartoonist is that? That would be Matt Groening, because we are looking at the creation of two people, uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, who worked under him at, on The Simpsons and uh, absorbed so much that they had learned that they learned through him and his long career with life and hell before he got started with the Simpsons, that they had this idea of like, you know, what if I, what if we did a, a cartoon that was the young Matt Groening Chronicles? Oh, wow. That is very interesting. Uh, so this is the, so we're actually seeing the creation of uh, the Simpsons, you might say. Yeah. In some respects, because our main character, Andy French, is explicitly based on Matt Groening. And they wanted to have... Now, when when the show starts, Andy of Mission Hill is working at a waterbed store, which is the kind of, you know, embarrassing thing that cartoonists do to put themselves... Uh, get along, like how... Uh, 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 Gary Larson worked at a record store and... But that's a very cool thing to that's do. That's true. It is. It's not as not as embarrassing as a waterbed store. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I can't think of anything anything else. I know. Well, he's not a cartoonist, but Barack Obama worked at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, you know the the famous uh, the famous hated actor. Yes, he started out at a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. <laughs> That's right. Get off your rump. It is time for Gump. I still can't. I still can't get over the fact that Bubba Gump is a thing. Yeah. It's and and now we have people who don't realize it's based on a movie. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Like I would have thought that over the years, Bubba Gump would just gradually kind of you know lose the trappings and just become just a regular kind of shrimp restaurant. But apparently, no. If you go to it, they're still very uh, uh, Forrest Gump themed. Like there's all sorts of Forrest Gump trivia nights. Uh, you have to do the little sign that says run forest, stop forest. If you want more shrimp or do not want more shrimp. And um, I mean, they're really, it's, I guess the boomers are still alive. So as long as the boomers exist, Forrest Gump will, will continue to be a thing. But so didn't this, you know, didn't this get started like the year after Forrest Gump came out. 
Um, I believe it was, yeah, it was something else. And then they rebranded because Forrest Gump was like such a phenomenon at the time. Um, you know, everyone went, everyone went crazy for Gump yep. for when it came out because all, all your parents could look at him and be like, ah, Vietnam, Woodstock. Those are things that I remember. And, oh, I'm seeing them in a movie. Yep. So, um, you know, people were super excited about that. And uh, so excited that they were like, how can we how, how can we keep living the gump? How can we make gump like a thing that we live as a lifestyle? And uh, that was the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Um, it actually let's see. It actually opened. Uh, let's see. In uh, you know, 1990. Let's see. 1995. Uh, Anthony Zalisser bought the rights to the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company in an attempt to turn around a financially troubled seafood company, Meridian Products. So apparently this was uh, his last-ditch effort to save uh, this this failing seafood company. Was that the name of the and... restaurant? Come on down to Meridian Products. We have shrimp. <laughs> maybe they... It sounds like maybe they did, like, frozen food products, oh, you know, okay. for, uh, Kind of like, uh, kind of like how uh, Garfield eats pivoted from <laughs> restaurant to frozen foods. They did an opposite pivot. Yes. But anyway, uh, Bubba Gump. That's not what we're talking about no, today. We're talking about Mission Hill. Yes. Um, and it's it's funny that this is based on The Simpsons because I feel like they went out of their way, probably for good reason, to not at all imitate The Simpsons feel or look no it's uh, it's, it's very, very much its own thing absolutely because you know the simpsons has it has a very unique style based on matt greening's art but you know the with the bulging eyes and overbites and uh, sticking out teeth all sort of derived from binky and bongo and sheba but uh mission hill you know i'm not sure who designed the characters because i don't think bill oakley and josh weinstein are cartoonists no, apparently, according to Wikipedia, they were done by a uh, Lauren Hunter McMullen. Hmm. Um, and she actually based the looks of the characters on the comic series Eight Ball. OK, I can totally see that. This definitely has, you know, the look of like Buddy Bradley or OK Soda, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What I like it's, is it's a very yeah. mm -hmm. what I, it's a very 2000s yeah, look. A very, you know, 90s about to turn into the 2000s, the you know, when we really did feel like it was the end of history because the world was going to end in 2000 or 2001. So we were kind of going for a, a kind of bleak art style. And yeah, and Mission yeah. Hill is bleak. But uh, one thing that brightens it up is the color palette. What I mm, that's one of the things yeah. I like about this show is that it looks like it was colored with highlighters. <laughs> it looks like a cartoon. It does. You would draw <laughs> in the office on yellow lined paper and color with highlighters. <laughs> yeah no it definitely does it's got a very kind of neon look to mm -hmm. it um and um it is yeah like you said it is kind of bleak it's it's that kind of a uh, mumblecore bleakness mm -hmm. but at the same time it's uh i i feel like it's this it's it's full of problems that you want to have yeah you know very much so like like it's essentially it's it's like you know, like the Simpsons you watch and that's like, oh, the crap sack world, you know, mm -hmm. but like Mission Hill is like, what if you lived in a cool city with some cool roommates? Yeah. How about that? No, but what's the twist? The problem is that they're too cool. Oh, it's like, oh, man, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was watching, you know, watching this. You know, you're like, oh, OK, so we have four roommates living in a uh, apartment and. 
know, then my brain did a little flip and I was like, and because I was like, okay, so, uh, so Bill and Bill and Josh live on the bottom floor and, uh, or no, not Bill, uh, and, and Andy and Kevin. Why do I call them Bill and Josh? Oh, Bill and Josh Weinstein. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Andy, Andy and Kevin live on the bottom floor, and then Jim lives on the top floor. And then wait, wait a minute, top floor in an apartment? Have you ever seen that? Uh, not in real life. It's a thing that I've seen in like television when you have a loft. But, you know, when you, when hipsters live in a loft and apartments are like huge. Okay. Okay. So this is like the 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 apartment from uh, Big. Yes, yeah, an apartment exactly. with it really does... high ceilings. Yeah, I mean this this apartment does have enormously high ceilings, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, and so we've got like, well, let's let's talk about I guess our uh, our characters yeah. here. Who have we got in Mission Hill? Okay, our star is Andy, who is an aspiring cartoonist, which was what makes him uh, our. Uh, he's kind of our in for talking about this on our show. Andy does does cartoons which are regarded as you know overly cerebral for the general public. I don't know if I agree with that, but then again, I'm the kind of person who would read the kind of alternative weeklies they get published in. It is funny that he's um he's doing the thing where he's like sending them off to uh, the New Yorker and um yeah, Omni and you know magazines. <laughs> so he he really wants to be uh, he's taking a. I, I don't know. He wants to be like a magazine cartoonist yeah. where you just do the, the single gag panel, yeah, he wants to which be a, is a interesting. Adams, yeah. 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 It, which seems odd. Cause I feel like in 2000 that, I mean, those that still exists, you know, at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, but I feel like if you want to be a cartoonist, most people were like, yeah, we're, we're going to make comic strips, mm-hmm. you know, or go into animation doing like actual, like magazine gag ca- ca- cartooning is, an odd thing, but I guess that's kind of the way that Matt Groening went since life in hell was in a, all in every alternative weekly that, um, red meat wasn't in. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up reading uh, life in hell in San Diego's weekly reader. It was always, mm. it was always on the page right after Ernie Pook's comic. And <laughs> which is, which is very funny because Ernie Pook's comic is drawn by Linda Berry and, uh, Matt Groening and Linda Berry lived together in college in a yurt. Wow. God, they were so cool. I know. Man. I know, man. I wish I had some wish I had some cartoonist friends to live in a yurt together with. We never got to do any of that. Literally all of your uh, friends are cartoonists. We just don't have a yurt. Well, we should get a yurt. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? I was gonna say we there? God, it's gotta be a it's gotta be a big one, because we know a lot of cartoonists, Damn, you know. Yeah. You have to you have to be a yurt with two floors. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of those big city loft yurts. <laughs> but man, so uh, so Matt Groening, and we're not going uh, to define so yurt. So <laughs> no, no, God made yurts. Yurts don't hurt. Um, but God, uh, so so uh, Matt Groening, yeah, his stuff was in a lot of us. I remember our, our term of weekly when I used to live in the Bay Area. It had Slow Wave. Mm, I don't know that, that was um, that was an interesting one because the I think it was by a cartoonist named Jesse Racklaw. Mm. And what it was was people would send in their dreams, and he would just illustrate dreams. Uh, interesting, which is interesting. 
it was it was very very funny because it was very surreal but it was literally just like you know they have a little thing in the corner you know thanks to alert reader so-and-so for you know sending in this dream <laughs> and um so we had slow wave in the bay area uh and then when i moved up to my current location we have this modern world in our mm, alternative weekly um yes exactly um, which, you know, nowadays, I think if you have a, a cartoon in your alternative weekly, it's either that one or, uh, who's the, that guy, who's that really angry cartoonist? Really? You know, the one, oh, um, he's always mad, oh, you know, is he's, it he's always not red, not what's red his meat. name. Um, I think I, no, no, it's, he's, um, he draws, he's very bad at drawing too. <laughs> he, he's, he had a beef with, with Art Spiegelman. What is his guy, this guy's name? Ted Roll. It's Ted Roll. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. The guy who. Yeah, his his style is kind of uh, kind of uh, Matt Greeningy too, isn't it? It's it does have overbites. Yeah, um, he's a he's a fascinating fellow because you know he's one of those guys who like I read his stuff and it's like the dude is right much of the time, but he's also so incredibly annoying that you want that you want to just like disagree with him on principle, you know. Um, like when, and then I love when he wrote like uh, what the biography of Edward Snowden, <laughs> the picture of Snowden he put on the cover because he tried to draw a caricature and it's like what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> that, that that what is that? What is that thing you drew? Don't draw caricatures. Yeah. you can't do them. You know, if you're gonna anyway. draw a caricature, you know, if you're a bad artist but you have to draw caricatures, become a furry artist. Turn them into animals first. Then people will just yeah. be like, hey, hey, it's an owl holding the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that's Jesse Helms. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, but at least it looks like an owl. <laughs> it may not look like, if it doesn't look, it's like it doesn't look like Jesse Helms, but at least it looks like an owl. Otherwise, you do a bad caricature, it doesn't look like anything, <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Or do the Doonesbury thing and just have like a floating object, yeah. you know, that's talking. Yeah. Uh, I guess it might, might have been hard to do on the cover of a Snowden biography. Maybe maybe it's kind of hard to get away with not drawing Snowden on it. He should have drawn Snowden the Snowman yeah, yeah. from the, the Christmas special. Um, but he did not. No. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Mission Hill. <laughs> yeah, Mission Hill. Okay, so we have Andy, who is a kind of... Uh, Kind of an early burnout uh, waterbed store clerk who uh, draws comics and submits them to uh, the New Yorker in his spare time. And in the first episode, he is he goes back to his parents' house. His parents apparently live nearby, nearby, but now they're uh, moved. Now they've moved to Wyoming, <laughs> and and they uh, they left in his care the dog Stogie and his little brother Kevin, whom Andy had no intention of. Uh, you know, ever seeing again because you know they have the kind of they have the kind of relationship that brothers have in these kind of things. But uh, but Kevin ends up coming to stay at uh, Mission Hill with the uh, with Andy and his two roommates. Yes. Um. Uh. So Kevin is a huge nerd. Kevin. That, that yeah. is his thing. Yeah. Kevin is. You know, Kevin is from the time when we were just starting to maybe get the idea that being a nerd and being neurodivergent had a big overlap on the Venn diagram, but we didn't quite understand. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because um, Ke Kevin is definitely kind of that, you know, mm -hmm. um, I feel like actually the the characterizations of Kevin and Andy in this show are I didn't appreciate it when I watched it when I was younger. You know, when, when Mission Hill was on the air yeah. back in the 
back in the year 2000 when I was about the age of of Andy, yeah. you know, um, I didn't really appreciate this show. But watching it now, I'm like, oh, you know, the 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 inter the relationship between Kevin and Andy is very real. It feels like, you know, th this is kind of the relationship that I think a lot of brothers have. Yes. And I think we and, appreciate we approach it from two different directions because you're the big brother of your family and I'm the little brother. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, like, you know, when I was, you know, when I was 20, you know, when I was younger and I watched the show, I think I probably identified more with Kevin. Yeah. You know, I felt like, oh, you like, you know, I was a nerd. I was a goody, goody two shoes nerd in the same way. And um, now that I'm older, I identify a lot more with Andy because I just like. Oh yeah, I know what it's like when you want to be cool, but like the world's bringing you down, you know. I I, um, I find reasons to identify with both of them. Jim, on the other hand, is kind of a yeah. cipher. Jim is a yeah. Jim is a character that I could not stand really when when I hmm. saw this show when I was younger, and um, so Jim is one of the other two roommates, and uh, he is kind of a um uh how what would you call this kind of character he's kind of a he has he's that kind of a very laid back almost like he's on quaaludes sort of guy yes, the, which he's, is the natural uh the natural uh way that uh, his voice actor brian posane talks so uh this oh yes yeah. yes this has this show has two people from mr show on it brian posane and tom kenny so Oh, so not not the one who um who who went to the uh, January sixth. No, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. So Brian Brian Poussain is um so he does he does Jim and Jim is kind of this uh, kind of Sasquatch looking guy. <laughs> he's he's you know he's he's a little on his own wavelength. He's kind of very laid back. He's kind of not a stoner, but kind of stoner-esque, I guess you would say. Yeah, uh, I mean, J Jim is what Scooby-Doo would be if you switched the roles of Shaggy and Fred. He's what Shaggy would be if he were the leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure TV Tropes probably has a name yeah. for this kind of character, because I feel like I have seen similar characters in other media. Um, I don't know what but... TV Tropes calls it, but I call it the Maverick. Somebody who mm. who behaves sort of randomly, but it's all sort of part of a big, you know, big uh, cosmic scheme. Right, right. That's a that's a good way to put it, because Jim always seems like he always seems to be kind of like not all there, not quite grasping what's happening. But in the end, almost you realize like, oh, he he's the only one who gets it. Yeah, of everyone, he's kind of you know? yeah, he's kind of a puppet master, but at the same time, he can be taken by surprise, too. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the reason I didn't like him when when I saw this when I was younger is I really did not like his character design. <laughs> Something about that beard and those little beady eyes <laughs> just made me angry looking at him. I was like, oh, I hate this guy. Get off the screen. Were you were you also deeply disturbed by that kind of, you know, dangling marionette dance that he does in the opening credits? Um, that didn't disturb me so much as again, just made me angry because I found I I was looking and was like, look at that smug asshole, <laughs> dancing like he doesn't have a care. Who does he think he is? Um, I also thought part of the thing that confused me so much when I was watching the show younger 
is uh, I felt like Jim and Posey, who was the fourth roommate, yes. who we'll also talk about. I felt like it was weird that they 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 appeared in the main credits, and but they felt like very auxiliary characters in the show. It felt like the show didn't do much with them. No. And Posey is barely uh, there. Stogie is barely yeah. there. Yeah. Now that I'm older and when I'm watching this show, I feel like that's actually good and by design mm-hmm. because the show is it's about Andy and Kevin and everyone else are everyone else is a bit player in their lives, so it makes sense not to focus on not, not the roommates having their own wacky sub uh, B plots at the same time. Um, I, Cause I think this is a show that did come out in the wake of the Simpsons and made by Simpsons guys yes. about another Simpsons guy, <laughs> but like baby blues, I feel like it takes uh, fewer leads from the Simpsons show than other adult animated sitcoms that, of that day and since yeah um, what it reminds me of is it was about this time that shrek came out and shrek made a mm. huge huge uh splash and they founded the uh the academy award for animated feature basically to give the first one to shrek because it was it was basically demonstrating that disney was not the only game in town anymore that you could do that you that somebody else could this do this and maybe anyone could anyone can cook and uh <laughs> but and with mission hill i don't feel that it was necessarily derived from the simpsons i think it had more to do with the success of king of the hill and oh mm-hmm. and king of the hill is not like the simpsons in you know at all so i think there was i was like hey we don't we don't have to just rip off the simpsons much in the same way in you know like early earlier eight years earlier people would be like hey we can just uh use animal characters right wrong <laughs> yeah no you're right because i feel like um like the simpsons uh, kind of established that style of, you know, very, very, very quick, uh, erudite kind of dense jokes, mm-hmm. um, where, where the, you know, to a large extent, I think the, 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 um, the heft of the joke is in the writing rather right. than the delivery. The, the Simpsons um, is so, what Chuck Jones would call not exactly in a friendly tone, illustrated radio. Yeah, exactly. And for that reason, like if if you were to say to your friend a Simpsons quote, like um, I used to be with it, but what it is, isn't it. You know, you know what I mean? Right. Like something like that. Even if you are not are, are completely fucking up the cadence that Grandpa Simpson uses and, and don't sound like him at all. It still works. It's a funny line. Yes. Um, Mission Hill is actually when I was watching, I was impressed. This is a very funny show. But none of these lines would be funny if you quoted them, you know. Um, they only work because in the context of the show, yes. uh, delivered by these particular characters and voice actors. I think it's a lot of it's so character driven is yes. is really what Absolutely. makes it work. Um, there's a bit like in one of the episodes, for example, where um, uh, where uh, Jim comes out and finds Gus, another character, like collapsed on the stairs, and just says. Who's been shooting Pluto again? And <laughs> it's not like a great, it's not a good line. It's not like it was, you write that line like, oh, this is hilarious. But just 
the way it's delivered made it very funny because it felt like, yeah, this is the sort of this is if if you encountered a guy who uh, for for listeners who was in a movie about Pluto and then you found him passed out on your stairs, you would say a line like that, you know, you know. The thing after I said about Gus is that he looks exactly like Tor Johnson, and that was on purpose. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I didn't even I didn't even catch that, but that actually makes that whole thing even funnier. <laughs> um, because yeah, that that does that is very that is very apropos, yes. as they say. Um, but yeah, so so Jim and um, uh, Park Parker or Posey Park, Parker Posey, Park, what's her name? Yeah. Poser Posey Tyler, Posey Tyler I think. Yeah. Yes, uh, she's the fourth roommate. She's kind of like I guess her thing is she's kind of like a hippie, you know, yes. you know, kind of a hippie airhead the kind type of person character. who looks at your aura. Yeah, a yeah, a, a Shirley the Loon for our uh, for our Zoopities out there. Yes. Um, you know, she also, she, she has big Janice from the Muppets energy, mm. you know, and, um, yeah, she, she is, she's like if Dan- Janice from the Muppets was on downers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's, she's, yeah, not like a major character. She's kind of floating in the background of this show. Um, but again, like, I think that works because I, I like Jim, I don't really see her as a character that can really carry a plot by herself you know i I thought that Um, she and jim were dating or possibly even married but i but i think i was wrong oh yeah i don't remember that i remember an episode where she goes on like a vision quest which is pretty amusing and that's like the the i think the b plot of the episode but um you know (laughs) she's she's the b plots (laughs) of these shows are often uh not a big deal yeah if there is one at all I mean, we have one of the ones that we watched for this. The B plot is literally the dog is eating the couch. Yeah, which never really gets resolved. No, I it guess doesn't. it's just, it's just, yeah, all right. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I get. That, but the major, yeah, because the major focus it's it's Andy and Kevin. You know, it's this relationship between between brothers, mm-hmm. and. Um, Kevin is like you said he's kind of you know he's a nerd he's, he seems like he's a neurodivergent yeah it, um, actually and I, I would, feel like I would say they both are I feel like this is like the ADHD versus autism uh, showdown yeah you know I could see that um, I think probably the fact that they're probably they're probably not intentionally written as neurodivergent mm-hmm. may be why they actually like um, you know, feel like very accurate and sympathetic portrayals of people who may be neurodivergent. Because yes. if you're in the year 2000 and you're writing a person who has, you know, autism or ADHD or Asperger's or whatever, it is not going to be an accurate or sympathetic portrayal. Mm. Um, I remember when uh, Boston Legal uh, had a character with Asperger's and it was like, what the hell is that? That's, that's like, it, it was like, that's like schizophrenia mixed with obsessive compulsive disorder. That's not Asperger's. Well, was he like, <laughs> what you are know, you doing? You know, uh, holding onto a stuffed bunny and being like, being like personal space, personal space. Yeah. It was like very much like, Hey, it's, it, it was like those old, it was almost at the point. See those old cartoons where it's like, you know, disassociative, disassociative identity disorder. That's where you just talk in cartoon voices, you know? <laughs> And you like think you're Porky Pig or Popeye or something, 
you know, I don't it's think like I've it's, ever it's, seen disassociative identities for portrayed like that. Oh, really? Well, let me. Well, in that case, you should probably see a little movie called Loose Cannons. Mm. Or don't. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> um, it's a very. Uh, I'll say this. It's a very strange movie because it stars Dan Aykroyd. I as knew it. A, yep. It's a uh, Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd. Gene Hackman is the by the book cop because uh, they're cops. And because uh, what else Dan would Dan Aykroyd make that's not a Ghostbusters movie? Oh yeah, and Dan Aykroyd is the uh, the cop who has. Um, multiple, as they said those days, multiple personality disorder, which means that he just does wacky celebrity impressions like he's the genie in Aladdin. And it's a, it's a very odd movie because, you know, in the scenes where he's not doing wacky voices, Dan Aykroyd is tell, you know, telling his partner, like, you know what, I'm just, it's so, it, oh, the, tr the troubles of living with this, uh, this issue. And like, it's very like, oh man, he's, it's just very, um, it's almost touching. And then he just starts doing wacky voices. So it's odd. I mean, I I suspect part of the, the, the strength of the performance when he's not doing wacky voices is that Dan Aykroyd himself is probably a neurodivergent king. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. It's, you know. He's uh, gone on record as saying he has uh, Asperger's syndrome. And uh, it's. Oh, really? Yeah, he has. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, so. you, you may have heard that he always carries around a police badge because he's obsessed with police procedure. I had heard he was obsessed with police. I didn't know that he always had a badge with him. Yes. But that all scans. Um, that That is interesting. And uh, I'm not surprised at all. But actually, I was I didn't know that. I was just assuming from, you know, his performances. That, like, that guy seems like he's probably, you know, get, yeah. got a little something else going on. And you can so. see it in most of his performances. I, I absolutely see it in uh, Ray Stance. Mm, yes. And I feel like I feel like when you watch the performance, the race dance is in many ways, uh, Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> uh, a lot of that, whenever, you know, he, he's got that same, uh, vibe to him in a lot of his performances, mm -hmm. you know, but anyway, and yet, um, have you noticed that in both of the movies that Ray is in, he ends up kind of being the weak link. You know, he's the one that, uh, couldn't empty his head and thought the stay puff marshmallow man. He's the one oh. that Vigo was able to, uh, control for just a few seconds. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So that's, actually. That kind of feels like, uh, like, uh, Dan Aykroyd's judgment on himself. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Anyway, so uh, Mission Hill. We were saying that like we possibly have some neurodivergence in our in our mains yes. here. Um, I do think that like yeah, and uh, Kevin's the, the his one of the um, aspects of his character that, that comes up is he is a huge goody two shoes. He's very sheltered. Um, he's kind of like he's afraid of you know he's cursing. He's afraid of alcohol. You know he's a, he's he's you know you know he's one of those hall monitor type kids. Yes. And um, I feel like this is uh, a kind of character that you don't see very much in, um, at least not portrayed uh, sympathetically no. in in uh, in media. Usually this is someone who's going to be a narc. And Kevin is kind of a narc. But like at the same time, since we do, you know, he, he's there's a little more to him. So uh, we don't just want to be like, ah, oh, this fucking kid, you know. Yeah, he's, uh, you know. Most of the time, this is a character that we laugh at. With Kevin, we laugh with him. You know, we see ourselves yeah. in him, which is, you know, some some people don't see themselves in Kevin. And, uh, well, I, I probably hate them a little bit, but. I was definitely a, a very Kevin person when I was younger, you know, 
I was I was definitely one of those one of those kids who was like, oh no, I I saw I saw a beer. I better call the police and turn <laughs> myself in. You know, um, I, I'm I'm definitely reminded of R. Crumb describing his own childhood and running away from bullies threatening to kick his ass, uh, thinking they don't realize how much this kind of behavior be- offends our Lord and his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, now that I'm, you know, a little more worldly, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely much more of a, an Andy character, yes. you know, yeah, fuck our Lord and uh, his mother. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, but but it's been a process of it's been a process of growth from Kevin to Andy. <laughs> but but yeah, um, from Justin to Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we've got our four main characters, but there's some there's also some uh, auxiliary characters in this show, too. Yeah. Um, we've got the neighbors. The main ones are the neighbors, uh, Gus and Wally. Yes. Who and... I think most people agree are the best characters on the show. And. You know who agrees about that? Warner Brothers, which is why, last I heard, there was talk of a new Gus and Wally series. That um, that is interesting. I, I would uh, like to see that. Yeah, well, I'm excited um, for that. But, you know, Warner Brothers seems to have just completely shit his whole animation station down its pants. So we'll we'll find <laughs> out. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Just finish a few more seasons of Sandman, please, God. <laughs> Fucking. Hell. Oh, is that animated? I thought that was live action. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, most of it is against CGI backdrops. So. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Um, so Gus and Wally, uh, they are a, a, a gay couple who live next door, and uh, Wally is kind of like a little nebbishy guy. He's a little got a little bit of paul lind to him almost uh i think um, he was kind of explicitly based on uh on uh, john waters oh really huh okay um i guess i could see that mm-hmm. he's he, he um and then uh gus is um i guess you know gus is is a longshoreman yeah. <laughs> pretty much like that's his deal. Like I said, he's Tor Johnson, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's like a big kind of gruff, bald guy with like who's who's he just looks like he. I'm not sure. Does he even anchor tattoo? I think he actually does. He might. Yeah. Um, well, he's, yeah. He he's, might. He's, he's, you know, he's somebody who was pretty much, pretty much supposed to be you know working you know uh, manual labor all his life, but uh, look, but as we find out, Wally was his ticket out of that. And yeah, and he's like a fry cook now, yes. except he also owns the restaurant. Yes. So um, and um, yeah. And so Wally and Gus are, uh, um, you know, I guess this was in the year 2000. So you, they were fewer uh, gay. There was a lot less gay representation yes. on television in those it's, days. It's very we've talked about this, about how people were a lot less afraid of lesbians than gay men at the time. So, yeah. So this was. This was a surprising addition in 2000 and uh, Gus and and Gus and Wally are a, you know, they are a model gay couple. But that does not mean that they don't fight. That's what that's that's how they just how they describe it. They're at at one point. uh, uh, Andy is describing their morning and he says, uh, well, well, they wake up Wally. Wally makes Gus makes coffee. Wally reads him the f- Sunday funnies while they do so, and then they shower together. And then they either ha- ha- and then they either fight or have gay sex, and then it's off to work. Yeah, I actually I really liked that whole bit. 
because it's uh yeah, it's um Andy and Jim I think are describing the morning routine of Gus and Wally to Kevin. Yeah. And they they just say it like that and then it just kind of Kevin kind of there's a beat where they're looking where Kevin's face just kind of blankly staring yeah. at this and then they cut to something else. And I love this whole sequence because the implication I think is just that the walls are very thin and they can overhear everything. <laughs> it's but they, they never say it. It's just it's left to us as as viewers to extrapolate that. And also just the end where Jim says then they they either argue or have gay sex. <laughs> I also just like that where he's like just just to explain it, that they are having gay sex. Yes. Two men are having or two gay men are having gay sex as opposed to the other kind. I don't know. But I don't know. Do you um, think it would be funny funnier if uh if you know, while they were explaining this, he said uh, then they either fight or have sex and then it's off to work and uh Kevin would be like, "Oh, who do they have sex with?" I mean, that that would also be pretty funny to be honest. <laughs> I I feel like at this point the show is like on long enough to establish that Kevin knows that they're gay. Yeah, they 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 actually uh, set that up in the very first one when uh, when Kevin is giving a drunken "I think gays are okay" speech to Gus. That is another great bit. I I think that's our introduction to Gus, isn't it? Yeah, that pretty was the much. first place we see him. We we haven't even seen him working at the diner yet. Yeah, I just love to see that because uh, uh, I think Kevin is saying like, oh, "There's some great homos throughout history," and Gus is like. That toy is offense is what is it, is a hoitful toy. Don't use it anymore. I will be forced to pulverize you or something like that. But it's it's very it's very funny. But you know, um, it's nice that they're it's nice that it's not punching down. No, you know, uh, especially in the year two thousand, where yeah. you know, uh, if you have uh, gay characters, it's gonna be lots of gay jokes. I feel mm -hmm. like, and this one doesn't really do that. You don't see a lot of that in Mission Hill. Um, I feel like, you know, Gus and Wally are, well, they're also like, I, I don't want I, I guess a non-stereotypical gay couple would be the way to say it. Cause I, the thing is, is there a stereotype for gay couples? Cause I think the stereotype is more that every gay person is single. Yeah. I'm trying to think like if you had a stereotypical gay couple in 2000, I feel like. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe I should just stop right here instead of trying to speculate. Uh -oh. like, what would be an offensive thing to do into your 2000s? Frog and toad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like if when I was Hook watching this show in two, <laughs> well, um, I feel like you know watching this show in two, the year 2000. Um, when I saw Gus and Wally, they're not what I would have thought of as a a gay couple. Mm. You know. Um, I, you know, they're not, I think usually if you saw a gay couple or thought of one, I would be someone, you know, like, uh, <laughs> what? what, um, um, the two, uh, the two mustached strong men from family guy and their singlets. <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, yeah, kind of like that. Well, I was thinking like probably someone, they would be like, you know, they would have, oh, you know, some young you know young hip people so young hip gay couple to go in this young hip uh gay apartment building with all the young hip uh hipsters around and instead they're like what if we just made them uh what if we made one of them like like john waters and the other was uh you know a uh, tor johnson <laughs> i i think i think you might be onto something there because around the same time i got the uh that's when 
the David Cross album "Shut Up You Fucking Baby" comes out came out, mm-hmm. and he had this bit about uh, how you know when you when you see gay couples, they often kind of look similar, and they mm-hmm. these two do not look similar. Yeah, yeah, they're they're opposites attract apparently. Yeah, you know, as MC Scat Cat tells us, <laughs> um, uh, they are very him. very different. Yeah, very different in both appearance and temperament. Um, but so Wally and Gus are some of our supporting. There's some other characters. Uh, I can't remember. They don't there's, really come uh, up there's... all that much. There's uh, Andy's. No. There's Andy's would-be girlfriend from the waterbed store. They 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 never really get too uh, attached, as far as I can tell. And then yeah. And then there's Kevin's two friends. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. One of them is a uh, you know. Yeah, you know, one of them is from Singapore, and the other is George Pye from Battletoads. <laughs> I mean, I really yeah, expected them to go. Let's get Warty. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, we don't see a whole lot of them. I mean, they, they. I know they pop. They, they are there throughout the series so that Kevin can have someone to talk to. Yeah, but. Um, you know, the the fact is, yeah, this this is the Kevin and Andy show. Very much so. so. Um, and, uh, there's like some other people in the building. I know there's like another couple with a baby, Natalie Uh, and Carlos. And I'm, yeah. And I don't, the one joke about Carlos is he's Mexican, but Mm. however, he's also an artist. It doesn't come up all that much. And Natalie is a very fussy Jewish mom with a baby. So yeah, yeah, not, Uh. not a lot going on with the two of them. The one who really has a lot of personality is Ron, the waterbed store owner. Oh yes, um, he's he's a lot of fun, um, and he's basically okay. So basically, if if you, you were to say like, look, the, there's a character in the show. He's the boss, the main character's boss, and he's Armenian. That's that's all you need to know, really. Yeah, is, um, and so he's he's a little bit of a stereotype. I think like in this 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 is the era when Armenians started kind of taking over that uh, stereotype niche that Italians used to occupy. Uh, the, you know, you know, the uh, uncouth swarthy man who wears his shirt open too low. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, lots of gold chains, greasy, that sort of guy, you know? Um, and, uh, and I think now, in fact, it's it now that it's becoming a little uncouth. I think now, now Russians and just, uh, are kind of taking over that. Yeah. Uh, so that just niche. take, yeah. So just take that niche and have them squatting. There you go. <laughs> you know, doing the, doing the, um, the, the kick dance, <laughs> the Kennedy kick dance. <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, Ron is, uh, he's, he's the boss. He's the boss. He, uh, at the waterbed store. He's the man, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. He does. The absolutely man no, he guess. does absolutely no work at the waterbed store. Yeah, just like a boss. <laughs> um, and uh, I think is that that's about everyone. I think other than Stogie the dog, yeah. who's a dog. Yeah, Stogie's Stogie's uh, whole thing is that uh, he's he absorbs poison. So he's right. Yeah, he's more like something you'd get from a bag of holding than a pet. Yeah, uh, he's the the luggage. Yeah, um, he's not really important. No, no. Um, it is weird. Now it is, it's really weird that he's kind of the, in central in the uh, final shot of the uh, opening credits. It's like it's the Stogie Show. No, it's not. 
maybe they thought he was going to be the one they could really merchandise. Yes, yeah, Stogie you know? is the breakout character of this series. People are only going to want the Stogie that you can stick to the back of your car. Yeah, they're going to want the T-shirt where Stogie's saying, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> when he's saying it to, you know, Air Jordan. Um, <laughs> don't have a box new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. But, you know, I think, you know, the, the cast of characters on this show, uh, it's you, you have a, a rainbow diverse cast. Not quite. I mean, your main your mains are all white, yeah. but like you got your auxiliary cast, a uh, Mexican, a Jewish woman, a gay couple. And it's all because we're in Mission Hill. Yes. You know, it's it's a the big city. And um, and it's like, well, like we said, this is a this is a show about living in a cool city yes you know i've i always um, wanted to live somewhere like mission hill i think everyone does who everyone does who isn't retiring oh my god yeah like look at this place it's like think about it you live in a cool apartment with a bunch of roommates you have oh we're gonna have party a party and invite all our friends and they all live in the same yeah. building so they're all just gonna come and we're gonna hang out and if you get drunk you can just pass out on the couch yeah. friend because we're all friends here and you want to go down the street guess what you can walk to like you know you, you can walk to the 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 occult bookshop yeah which they we keep seeing in the background you know and like you just walk around in the streets. Oh, everyone, there are all these punks and queers everywhere. It's it's amazing. And yeah, everyone wants. I think that's the thing is like we're as Americans, we are so isolated. Yes. You know, we we uh, we live, you know, we, we don't know our neighbors. We, um, you know, our friends are all over the Internet. Hi. And hi. <laughs> so. We all we all dream of living in a town like Mission Hill, where everything is right there, and you can just like hang out and be cool. Um, a friend actually once told me that like that's the reason Americans like you know they always talk about college is the best time of their life because it's the only time they live in a walkable city. Yeah, and it's like yeah, kinda. And that's why the first time they visit Europe, they talk about it until the day they die. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> um, that's why every time you meet someone who like when they if, if you have a if you have a coworker and they take a vacation to go to Europe, you're never going to see them again. <laughs> They're going to quit when they get back and they will disappear. I'm because moving why to Copenhagen. We... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's um, Mission Hill is just like, yeah, it's just it's about all the problems you want to have. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I wish I was, you know, an underemployed 20 year old struggling to artist you know yeah, with a like, two-story apartment yeah like all the problems that andy has is just like man that's so cool yeah. that's that's the way to be you know, even um, even having your nerdy little brother there is like so what it's i would like to have a nerdy little brother like him yeah yeah i think one of the things that makes you know the relationship there between kevin and andy so interesting um is you know, Kevin is this annoying nerd, which is all very accurate to reality, mm -hmm. as well as his his just being a, you know, a, a goody two shoes kind of narc thing. But the fact that he does look up to Kevin, uh, sorry, up to Andy yeah. as an older brother and, you know, genuinely admires him, um, but not for any real good reason, but just because he is this older brother, you know? That's absolutely true. Um, I mean, I was 
I mean, my my brother is 12 years older than me, and I always thought everything he did was super cool. It was like, and you know, and then I grow up and found out that the things that he did, like say uh, playing tabletop games, those aren't cool. Those are nerdy things. Oh, well, I guess I'm a nerd. <laughs> But that's the thing is like, you know, when you have I feel like you have the older brother oftentimes you're just like, yeah, that's the coolest person in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I like is in the, the there's one bit where you know, Andy is showing his cartoons and uh, Kevin is like, can I see your cartoon? Everyone knows this. This is a meme. Yes. You know, it's the one where it's like how Kafka esque and Kevin is like, oh, that's so funny. Can you explain? And Andy very sarcastically is like can you explain why it's funny and kevin has no clue right um but he at one point says um these I, I i don't get these cartoons but i know they're great because you're great and um and i feel like that is a very uh it's a very family thing yes you know um now my family god bless them i love them and they're very supportive of whatever the yes. hell I'm trying to do at any time. They never, they do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> they have no clue. They are completely baffled by everything I do, but they are convinced it's always brilliant because it's me, you know? So they haven't listened um, to any episodes of our show. They have not listened to any episodes of the show. They have, uh, as they have bought all my books and never read them, <laughs> you know? Um, which sounds like a complaining, but to be honest, I would prefer they didn't. Um, and very funny. Uh, I actually mentioned, uh, the other day to my dad, bless his heart. I love him. Love my boomer dad. Uh, that, you know, I was like, you know, I got this, this gig kind of like writing scripts, you know, for a, for a YouTube thing. Right. Right. And I was saying like, you know, they give me a, they give me a, um, a concept, you know, it's based on something that they've done and I just adapt it into a script and then it's on, they make a little YouTube cartoon out of it. And he was like, I, and then I went over to see him recently and he's like, I got a, I've got a thing that because of what you're doing, you should make this into a comic. <laughs> and, um... and I was like, and I was like, okay, well, first of all, I'm, I'm not, first of all, the thing I'm doing is not making comics. Secondly, they give me things to adapt. So, um, I, 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 I wouldn't be taking a random thing from you. Right. But I was like, well, what is, what is the thing that you think I should adapt? Right. And, uh, he, he handed me a piece of paper, which I have right here in front of me. Oh boy. And oh boy. he wrote out on it, the thing that he said would make a great comic that I should draw. Okay. Uh, so, so Ethan, I'm going to read this to you. All right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I just moved into my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and change rattled out. I knew I'd moved into a haunted house. <laughs> now, does, does that sound familiar to you? Wait, wait. Is, is that a song from somewhere? I... <laughs> Still, I made up my mind to stay. Nothing was going to drive me away. When I seen something that gave me the, the creep, had one big eye and two big feet. Wait up. Wait, wait. Hang on. So your dad wrote a purple people eater parody for your thing that we can't really talk about because there's stuff. <laughs> legal reasons. So um, this is a transcript of a novelty Halloween song 
that I liked a lot when I was a child. Uh, I think the name of it is just Haunted House, but I forget who actually I forget the songwriter mm, who actually wrote okay. it. Um, but my dad apparently was listening to the song and was inspired to write it all down and give it to me. It said it's it's basically telling a story here. You could do it as a comic. And <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was like, you know, um, I, I, I would have to get permission. Probably. <laughs> I know. Like, that's the thing I'm saying is like, I look at this and I'm like, you know what? I understand the way that you try to show interest and support and affection is by giving me really bad ideas. <laughs> but but God bless him. You know, this is like I said, it's not like he's doing it. You know, it, it's he's trying to be engaged. Yes. You know, and he doesn't know what I'm doing. But like he's trying and, you know, I love him. Yeah. But that's kind of what Andy is like. Oh, sorry. Kevin is doing yeah. here. It's the same thing where it's like, I have no clue what this is, but, you know, I believe in you. Um, and um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's why, again, that's the relation. The, the bedrock of this show is that relationship between Kevin and Andy. And um, the fact that it works so well is probably what makes so many people have such warm feelings for this show. Mm -hmm. Uh, besides also the fact that it's about living in a really cool city <laughs> where we all want to live. I want to have an occult bookstore I can walk to. Yeah. It should, you know, <laughs> we, we kind of left out a character when we were naming them all because they put a lot of effort into making the city of mission Hill. There are maps, there are, you know, fictional bands and, uh, local foods, foods you can get there. They, they developed bus schedules for mission Hill. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> um, is Mission Hill actually the name of the town? Uh, no, the town is called Cosmopolis. Mission Hill ah, okay. Mission Hill is the neighborhood they live in. I guess the historic neighborhood they live in. That's what I figured, because Mission Hill sounds like a cool neighborhood yeah. rather than a town. And so I just assumed it was. Um, I feel like, is there, a, I assume from looking at like, this is a sort of cool neighborhood you would have in like San Francisco or Portland or Seattle. In fact, I think probably Portland. Cause I believe that's where Matt Groening is from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I assumed based on the name mission Hill that it was in California. Cause you know, we've got missions. We're all about the missions. That's true. But there is and a San mission Francisco Hill. does have the mission district. Yeah. But there is a mission Hill in Boston. Apparently. Oh, um, this is also the sort of neighborhood you, I, I might expect to find in Boston, which is, you know, an older city, probably a little more dense and walkable mm -hmm. than, you know, others. Uh, but you're right. It, the fact that it is named the show is named Mission Hill because the neighborhood is such a character in this. Mm -hmm. um, and man, um, I don't think I cannot think of any other show that really makes uh, a neighborhood looks so inviting. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. Which, you know, what places would you want to live if you had the option? Can you think of any other show where you're like, Oh, I'm there. No, not really. Cause like most shows, you know, the, this, the, the city is just the backdrop. Yeah. It's where things happen. And even in shows, the more we know of a city, uh, usually the crappier it gets, mm -hmm. like, you know, Witness like Springfield. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, and there's some shows where, it, oh, it takes place in, I mean, there are a few where it take place in L.A. or New York where they really try to make the city look cool. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think, uh, but but you don't get the full flavor because this is an animated show. 
they can have like establishing shots where people are walking down the street and you see all the, you know, all the local weirdos. Um, weirdos. Even like what? Yeah. Like that's another one when they go to the weirdo beardo video, yeah. you know, because um, you're like, it's, it's like, oh, we got to go talk to the beardo. But it's like, man, I wish I wish we had a crazy weird video store here, yeah. you know? Uh, I wish we had a video store, period, you know? Um, the, those are things that, like, again, like, I feel like Mission Hill is even more, um, y- you know, the, the siren song of Mission Hill is even stronger now because in the year 2000, I feel like neighborhoods still existed at that point. But 20 years of alienation and uh, capitalism and neoliberal rule, and even whatever connections we had 20 years ago have fallen away and broken and all the, you know, everything is, we just is bought through, you know, omni consumer products or something yeah. on online. Um, How many of your and, neighbors can you name that aren't cats? Um, uh, I mean, I've seen them, you know, um, uh, I should get to know them. In case, so when we go on vacation, you know, we can get them to watch our house. Like McGruff said. Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm sure they're, you know, really interested in the house with all the ferret decorations. So that's true. That's true. We uh, we are the most colorful house in the neighborhood mm-hmm. at this point. I think we're also the only one that doesn't have a gigantic uh, blue lives matter like uh, uh, light outside. Yeah, so you're the you're um, a one home Mission Hill. Yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe I should do a little free library occult bookstore on the front yard. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I wonder if that would. I wonder how long that would stand before it got vandalized. Well, <laughs> I'm just, is it vandalizing just to replace it with different books? Well, I mean, more like if someone knocks it down oh, or yeah. something, mm. you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of I'm not sure how cool this neighborhood would be. Uh, we haven't gotten vandalized yet. And like, you know, we've got like, um, you know, we we're, we're the house that has a bunch of Buddhas and the pride flag out. Yeah. And, um, you know, so nobody's gotten mad at us yet. So hopefully may, maybe they'll be okay with, uh, with something like that. Of course I'd have to build it. And that seems, oh, uh, um, that seems like it'd, it'd be, uh, that'd be work. And I'm not down with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I wish that we could all live in Mission Hill. Yes. I wish I wish every town had the opportunity to be a Mission Hill or at least have a Mission Hill because I I kind of live in the Mission Hill of my my town. Fresno is not very cool, but I live in the Tower District, which is our which is our antiques, our antiques district. And I guess kind of by definition, also also our gay communities hub. So, well, you know, that that's that's pretty cool. It is. You know, I, I like the. I like the Tower District. It's relatively, it's relatively walkable for me, at least. I I wish there were, you know, more more things, more general things in uh, the Tower District that would get me uh, coming in there. Unless I had, you know, because usually I just go there when I have a very specific need, like, uh, oh, I need to buy a, <laughs> I need to buy a tabletop gaming book. I'll go to the Dragon's Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or what if it's like, oh, I need a, I need an antique. I better go. Yeah, I need an antique or or tattoos. You know, we have so many tattoo places here. I'm like, how solid is a tattooing based economy? 
Oh, we got lots of those up here too. That's that seems. I guess there's lots of. Well, it makes sense here in you know in in my town. It's like pretty much the population is entirely college students and rednecks. Yeah. So it's like yeah, they're both very tattoo friendly uh, demographics. Mm-hmm. So um, and college students leave after four years, so there's always a fresh supply of uh, untouched skin. There you go. Um, but you know, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of tattoo parlors up here, but. I don't know. Like, um, I don't know that we have a gay district. Well, I guess we do. We have a gay gay district, which consists of uh, the Stonewall Alliance oh. and the uh, the cafe that is across the street from the Stonewall Alliance that has a pride flag. Mm. Um, and that, as far as I know, is the entirety of the gay <laughs> district. Um, it's a small town. Mm. Um, I mean, they're gay people here, Absolutely. you know, yep. but I don't think they live clustered in any one particular area at least not as far as i know possibly they they do and i just haven't been appraised of this you know maybe i'm missing out hi this is mike uh we talked so much about mission hill that we are actually going to break this into two episodes so uh join us next week for the conclusion of mission hill Mike Rosen, Ethan Potion Production.